Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School right here in the heart of Chicago. I pray that you find hope and peace in the message of Christ and Him crucified for you in your life right now. Thank you for listening. And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here, uh, please go to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org to donate. Thank you. in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold magi from the east came to Jerusalem saying where is he who's been born king of the Jews in the name of Jesus Christ amen 1967 a movie was released to great critical reviews everyone watched it but it was groundbreaking back then it was called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Anybody seen that? It's been a while. It's one of the classic movies. Sidney Poitier, Kathleen Hepburn, Spencer Tracy's last movie six months before he died. But it's about, as you might guess, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? A shocking guest. It's about an interracial couple that uh, introduce their family to the other, both sides, shocking them for a second and causing all sorts of, what do we do with this? Is this going to be okay, etc., blah, blah, blah. Classic 60s stuff, though I think still relational to us today. Guess who's coming to dinner? But the idea really is old. I mean, classic Hollywood, robbing ideas that are far older, right? Can't come up with anything new. Because the story of Jesus' life is basically, guess who's coming to dinner? full of shocking guests and people that you never would imagine will get along or have dinner together. We see it right away in Jesus' birth. Guess who's coming to dinner? You got Mary and Joseph and Jesus in Bethlehem. And who does God invite? Really, a strange guest. Who is it? Who's the first one? The shepherds. Who are they? Working, dirty guys who work the third shift. They don't know Mary and Joseph I don't care about a savior, I wonder, you know what I mean? They're just caring about tomorrow's wage. God invites them, strangers, to the table. And then today, these magi. What's interesting about this is we just take these things for granted, don't we? Because we see the story all the time. But this is really uh, a groundbreaking film right here, like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? These people, as Luke calls them, magi from the east. They're likely not from around here. And when they strolled into Jerusalem, everybody saw it. They probably pointed at them because they looked different for sure. They weren't Jewish. They weren't of that same religion. They uh, ate different things. They spoke a different language. They were from probably Persia, probably Babylon. Strangers. And yet who does God invite to his son Jesus, exactly them. And you see this all the time. I love this story of Jesus. It's a constantly guess who's coming to dinner when Jesus has people hanging out with him. Surprises across the board. What we learn about in this story, one thing you should learn about, is that you're all invited. It doesn't matter language. It doesn't matter color of your skin. Doesn't matter culture. Doesn't matter religion. Doesn't matter what you were doing. It doesn't matter what you have done. 
as long as you meet these qualifications. You're a sinner, <laughs> you've screwed up, and you're dying. If you're those two things, then Jesus is for you. God invites you to dinner with his son. That's the ultimate theme of epiphany, is that you're all invited. Because in the end, we are all the same. Same problems, same hurts, same pains, same challenges, same worries. There's not one human being, culture, religion, race that doesn't have these exact same issues. And guess what? We got the same Savior, Jesus. So guess who's invited to dinner? You are too. Notice, though, there's another person in this story, right? There is Herod, right? So the Magi come into Jerusalem. They probably start saying stuff like, hey, where is this Messiah, right? We know Old Testament prophecy. We've seen this astrological sign. Where is this king of the Jews? Is how they actually said. And they would ask, they would look for important people and ask them. And finally, Herod, who is the king of the Jews, hears about this. And what do you think his response is when he hears that someone is saying that there's another king of the Jews that was born today? It wasn't good. In fact, I love what Luke says, that when Herod heard this, he was disturbed. But he also says, and all Jerusalem with him, everybody was a little disturbed that these magi were looking for this king of the Jews. We don't think about that when we think of Christmas. We got such a cute little cozy story of a little baby and all these things. But it's disturbing. Why? Because he's king. Who does that disturb? People that think they're king. Now Herod for sure had worked hard to where he was. He had brilliantly convinced and manipulated Caesar to let him rule this land as a king, somewhat independent. He had brilliantly appeased the people. He added on to the temple, made them happy. I mean, that boy worked hard to be king, and doggone it, no one's going to take it from him. But the people of Jerusalem also, like their little situation, they would say they hated Rome, but the leaders were kind of happy because they got to be leaders even in their little uh, state of slavery to some degree. They got to be in charge. So they were a little disturbed that there was another king. And then the people that were just the hoi polloi living around there, they didn't really care for the idea of another king coming because usually that means what? When there's two kings for one position, there's some death. There's some coup d'etat. There's some problems. The transfer of power back then wasn't as smooth as it is. Uh, or, never mind. Maybe you get it. I'm kind of glad that we do. We take a lot for granted. The stability and security of our world. You thought your king? You thought you achieved that? I think in the last number of years we discovered... We ain't that smart. We're not that good at kings. We look at this story of Herod, who definitely wants to kill this king because he wants to be king. And we look at the Magi, and we look at Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. 
we like to relate when you read a story. Who am I in the story? And I love how we read the Bible and we always want to be the hero. We're David, right? We're always the, the good guy. No, you're not. In this story, you're Herod. Now you're not as crass as Herod, not such a public sinner as Herod is. You're not going to kill all the babies in Bethlehem just to try to kill Jesus. No, you'd never do that. You're too polite. But do you want him to be king? You want to be like Herod and say, oh, tell me where the king is and I'll come and worship him. But really you want Jesus to be your puppet. You want Jesus to be the king to do things for you because you want to be king. And when Jesus starts talking, his kingship's over in your life. <laughs> You're right? When he starts saying, forgive your enemy, I don't think so. Love your neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor exactly? Give to those in need. I'm not sure I should give all of it because I needed some of it for me. And it goes on and on, doesn't it? When Jesus tells us to do, with what, when God tells us what we should do with our bodies that he's given us and with our stuff, we don't let him be king. No, no, God, we'll tell you what we want to do with our bodies and with our stuff. You're Herod. I'm Herod. And Jesus' birth is disturbing to me. His claims of kingship, I don't necessarily like all the time. Repent this epiphany. And come like those magi to this king. Because this story, guess who's coming to dinner? The most shocking guest is not the magi. It's not the shepherds. It's not you. It's God. It's crazy. He knows the magi's heart. He knows the shepherds. He knows who Herod is. And he knows what you have done. And yet he comes to your table. And yet he comes to the table today. And you get to eat and drink the body and blood of Christ. He is with us, Emmanuel. He hangs out with us, sinners, fools, wishy-washy believers, people that say, I love you, Jesus, but we don't act like it. He still hangs out and forgives. What an unexpected guest in a manger. Don't worry. You don't even make room for him. He'll go wherever he needs to be. He'll sit in that corner. He'll be in that manger, and he'll be on that cross where you put him. And even from that lowest position, he'll change our lives. He'll die for our sins. He'll rise again. And this guest that's coming to our lives will give us great gifts. Forgiveness. Resurrection. It's going to be okay. Guess who's coming to dinner today on this table and in your life? Christ. And he's not going anywhere. And he's a great, great king who died and rose for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.